Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome everyone to Dungeon Crawlers, where we have author Cheryl Scarborough on to, to talk about her new book, To Catch a Killer. Uh, amazing book cover, lone girl running down the street and looking backwards. Now, now Daniel, it isn't to make a killer, you should know that. Daniel know. likes to kill off his, uh, his people, um, Cheryl, because I don't know why, he's got a fascination with killing people off in his books. I see. It's fun to do. See, that's sick. That's wrong. That's wrong on so many levels. As long as you don't kill off the authors you interview. No, 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 no. We don't do that. However, I do know someone that kind of does, but that's a whole other story (laughs) and a whole other author. So we'll move away from that. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about To Catch a Killer? Um, well, to, to catch a killer, the, the short pitch is um, that it, it's a girl who uses forensics that she learned in high school biology to catch a killer. And the main character is Erin Blake. Um, she had a tragic beginning in that her mother was murdered when she was two years old, and um, the killer left her alive, which, surprisingly enough, happens more than you would think. Um, and so she grew up rather normal, but she had these questions, she has three questions she wants to know. Her mother, her mother's killer was never caught. So she wants to know who killed her mother. Her mother never revealed the identity of her father. So she wants to know the identity of her father. And most of all, she wants to know that he's not the one who killed her mother. And, um, those 14 years later, after the event, she's 16 now. Um, Those three questions can only be answered by DNA in a DNA database. And this gets her interested in forensics on various levels. And that's what she does. And so she's after she's she's trying to solve her mother's murder. But there's another murder that happens in To Catch a Killer. Wow. So because she this character loves forensics, did you have to research this or, or? Or how did you bring this into the story? I did, and that and that was positively the best part. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, before before I turned to publishing. I, I as I said, I worked in uh, children's programming and a- animation, and so I've written a lot of a lot of different stories aimed for children, young adults. Um, but 
really, I'm a forensics buff myself. I love the books. I love the shows. I love the movies. Um, and getting to research all of that and actually bring it into my home was was really the high point. And then to to manage to uh, to sell the book and actually become part of the genre, I could not be happier. Wow. I, and I know there's a lot of people that love shows like CSI and stuff like that, so that definitely seems that this will pull in that audience. Well, it does. I mean, the, as a culture, we're obsessed with it. Um, there was a particular point in time when I was um, when I started working on this and I was doing research for the marketing end of it, and there was a, I don't know what it is today, but there was a particular point in time where there were no less than 90 shows that dealt with forensics on TV all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And there are even books on forensics for like, you know, for like little kids, like, you know, second or third graders, very simple, because, because it's a science. And science is cool. Now, okay, I have a question along those lines. Now, because you always see like all these forensics TV shows, and and then, but I I always thought that I guess a lot of that was in the fictional world. Like when it comes to reality, that the actual police stations don't have that type of manpower, that they don't have that kind of science. I mean, I know it's all based in science, but in your research, have you found that that's actually real? Yes, and, uh, and, and in a way, I sort of address this in my book. So um, it's true that a forensics lab and, and someone to, you know, and a staff to run it is pretty expen- expensive and beyond the reach of more, most small communities. But it's to the point where, as, a, as I said, as a culture, we're obsessed with forensics. And so juries um, expect to see evidence and when there's not evidence, they're suspicious. And I've even read where district attorneys are reluctant to even try a case if there's not um, some forensics evidence that they can put out there. So what a lot of smaller communities have done is they've joined with schools, with schools, universities, um, and other sort of organizations to help fund um, to help fund this. I know Palo Alto is one of them. I kind of use that as a... Um, uh, sort of as a model for what I do in my in my book, um, but there are other communities. I think there's um, a university in I think Tennessee that um, has a very they use their educational budget to to put together a very high level um, CSI type lab, and the police share it. I, this is kind of amazing to hear that because of all these CSI type shows that people won't try cases if there isn't that forensic evidence. That's just amazing. We need it more is. It is amazing. Shows. And it's come, you know, there's, there's something, I'm, because, of, because I'm sort of a freak about it, I read about a lot about it. And so it's, it's come full circle now to where um, for the longest time it was, it was undeniable proof. It's like if you had, if you had the DNA on somebody, you know, bam, they were going down. Um, in court. But now it's come so far that there's something called touch DNA, where if you and I shook hands under certain circumstances, and then I went and touched something else, I could actually transfer your DNA to the something else that you never even touched. I am never shaking hands again. (laughs) (laughs) And so now it's kind of gone full circle to where, where there's problems with it. 
and and it's not it's not the slam dunk the judicial slam dunk that they thought it was and and to me you know as a writer that just makes it even more fascinating because yeah. now there's all this potential well yeah there definitely is that potential just from passing DNA I didn't even know you, that could happen if you touch someone you could yeah it's move called touch DNA. DNA I mean I know that like saliva and stuff like that what if you drank from another person's bottle right before a show and then killed someone like that's probably not going to be good for you right <laughs> I know where to plant this bottle now dang it <laughs> dang it but I mean you, this is a really cool book I mean not only that you have an audio it's in audiobook and then you had Christy Romano the voice of Kim Possible reading this I know, and, and here's the thing. I wrote for Kim Possible, so... That's just cool. I'm sorry. I was is, unaware it, of that it, until just now. <laughs> like, I, my it, mind is still being blown. <laughs> so my coolness factor went up a little, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what Scott just tried to say. <laughs> yes, well, that is... I'm sorry. Kim what is What happened awesome. is, is that I was in the middle of... I was in the middle of... Uh, of, of a huge deadline for book two when they contacted me and asked me if I had any suggestions for the narrator and I, you know I, I didn't even know it was possible that I could would be allowed to give suggestions and I was like no just no valley girl speak please that's what I, I don't want valley girl speak and after it was recorded and done they sent me um an email that said you know your um your narrator was Christy, you know, Christy Romano. And I like screamed. It's like, I'm like, Oh my God, because this is the second time I've put words into her mouth. <laughs> so, and, and she's phenomenal. So yeah. I was not only really possible, excited. it's Kim possible. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, the fact you're, I think her voice would lend even more, uh, to the character. I mean, cause she is fantastic in, in what she does. She is. Yes. So and there's the, there's three girl characters and so she's done a good job. I've, I've listened to it and she's done a good job with all three of them. So yeah, that, yeah that right there. I, I, I need I to go get the audiobook. Yep, from that Audible, Audible. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Harry Potter. Pfft, nothing. No, it's it's going to be this one next. <laughs> yeah. So now is this a standalone or is there possibly future stories to co- that will evolve out of this? There is a book too. Okay. Um, they, um, they they signed up for two. I when when I pitched them the idea, I pitched them four. So um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping there'll be three and four at least. So does this mystery span all four, or is it going to be different mysteries that spawn out of this? Because yeah. Um, well, okay. So knowing that I come from television, and that television is very series oriented. Yeah. And you know how you know how how series work in TV. It's like they take the main character and they sort of work you know work that story, and then they start pulling the threads of the other characters yeah. out mm-hmm. and 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 bring them in too. So that that's what I do. Okay. It, and so, not everything is answered in book one, but uh, but it, it, they continue to sort of pull out like that. Oh, nice. Well, you know, I just have to say something. Uh, since we were sitting down to start doing this, I went and I picked it up. I've been reading through the first couple of pages. And uh, I just have to say, if the research is there, we've got Christy Romano voicing it. The writing so far is impeccable. Well, we already know that because she, she wrote Kim Possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if, if anybody listening to this by this point has not already gone and at least started looking this up, you need to open a new tab. Just keep listening to us, but open a new tab and start <laughs> the this book. right now. Yeah. 
It's in my chopping cart. I'll tell you that right now. No, I. Now, now, is it? This is focused. This is more of a uh, a YA teen book, correct? It is. Yes, it's YA. But I mean, it just seems like the whole premise and everything. Still, an adult could really take a bite out of this and enjoy it. Thanks. Um, I I would like to think so too. Um, uh, you know, and I and some of the reviews, some of the the reader reviews have have said exactly that that. Um, you know, it's fit for teens, but adults can enjoy it too. So nice. So then, what? You know, there, there are adult characters in it mm-hmm. as well. So, what was the thing that ultimately inspired you to go down this particular path? What What gave uh-huh. the voice to Aaron for you? Well, all right. Well, that's sort of a two part question. So. Um, where I got the idea, like I say, I worked in, in children's television, and I was always looking for things to, you know, every year I would pitch my own shows. And um, I had a friend who moved who moved from L.A. to Denver um, with his teenage son. So his teenage son was starting in a new high school. And uh, I called him, and I said, so, you know, how's he doing with the new high school? Because new high school stories are kind of a staple of, you know, teen stories. And he said, um, oh, fantastic, mainly because of this forensics class he's in. He absolutely loves it. And I'm like, forensics class, that's a thing? (laughs) Where do I sign? And so I wrote it down on a notepad, and I started researching it. And I found out some interesting facts. I found out that... um, that in on a in a one particular year, well, they figured out that um, forensics could exactly meet the requirement the curriculum requirements for Biology 101. And by calling it forensics, because Biology 101 deals with cells and DNA and all that kind of stuff, by calling it forensics, they made it sexy, and kids wanted to take it. And they could even get them to they could even require them to take another science class in order to qualify for the forensics class. And so in a single year, 800 schools across the U.S. converted their biology classes to Forensics 101. And I'm just like, this is it. This is the, the, I love this stuff. Um, I can't wait to write this. And, you know, and, and it's Forensics, which I love. So it's like, this is my, my version of it, is with teens. Man, my high school sucked. I didn't have this. I, I mean, I didn't have. Cre- I, didn't I didn't have creative writing. I didn't have forensics. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I know. And they have all of this now. In fact, um, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be visiting a school in Chino Hills, California, next month, um, where their forensics club is. Their forensics club sounds like like my group of kids, and um, the teacher contacted me. And she told me that the president of their club, she said he's an honor student, and she said, but he spends way more time on the on the forensics club than anything else. And so I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be visiting them next month. I'm so excited. Congratulations! Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So, is there a particular character that you wrote that you really were just kind of blown away? That you know you had an idea that's how the character was, but then they became something different, and you're just like, wow. Well, well, here's the other part to the where did this idea come from story. So, um, uh, as I already said, Erin um, didn't get to know her mother, and she didn't know the identity of her father. And um, I, 
In between starting with this idea and actually getting the book published, I, I went and got a master's degree in creative writing. And in the middle of the master's degree, I had this epiphany that um, that pretty much everything I've written deals with this identity and where someone fits in a family. And um, and and it's because I didn't know my father. Um, I, I didn't meet. I didn't know him growing up. I met him when I was seventeen. And so, and I realized. I went back through all of the things that I had written, some of my favorite episodes and, and even screenplays that maybe didn't sell, and they all had this identity in it and um, this aspect of it in it. And, and it's like it, subconsciously it was in this as well. And once I realized that, um, it became not subconscious anymore. And so the longing of her wanting to know you know, who she is, really who she is, and who she's like, that's very, that's very authentic. That came from me. Wow. That, 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 I mean, that's amazing that you were able to pull that in, let alone share that. Um, so thank you. Uh, so we have this series. It's four books. Is there anything else that's kind of boiling in there that you really want to try or do? Besides the, you know, finish out this series, of course. You mean in, uh, in publishing? Yeah. Well, I've got I've got other books uh, on the board. I've got um, I've got two that are done that are sort of going through revisions, and I've got one that I'm working on. But um, I'm I'm well, I'm thrilled to be in publishing. Uh, I loved my years in TV and all the work I did, and sort of how how that came about. I can tell you that quickly. Um, is that I always envisioned this as being uh, a book series. And initially I, I pitched it as C.S. High. And <laughs> I like that. They, cha they changed the title, and, and I'm, fine with, I'm fine with the title. I love it. Um, but initially I always saw it as a book series, but all my contacts were in television. And so the first thing I did was pitch it as a show. And the first time I took it out, um, someone at, who was – at a big agency, said, this is the best idea I've ever heard. Um, and he introduced me to a producer, and she's like, yes, definitely, we're, we're going to take this out. And I was thrilled. It was like, finally, you know, all my years have paid off. Um, and they sat me down, and they had a little conversation with me, and they said, okay, so you're not a showrunner, and showrunners make seven figures, and so um, to get a showrunner to come on board with this, you're going to have to share the rights. Are you willing to do that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's... Then they said, unless it had been written as a book, even unpublished, if it had been written as a book, then it qualifies for the uh, Copyright Act, and you wouldn't have to share it. And it's like, no, it, it's not a book, so, okay, I, I'd be happy to do that. Um, and then they, they gave me some, some things they wanted me to do. They wanted me to... Um, to procure the rights to, because there were a lot of articles in the news at that time, and so they said, pick out one of these articles, contact the reporter, pay them five hundred dollars, gets the get the rights to the article, fire your agent, and uh, you know then we'll be set to go. And so I did all of that, paid five hundred dollars. I didn't really <laughs> fired my agent, and then they said, you know, I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna pitch it now. We'll oh. wait till next year. And so, you know, I came home and I, and I told my husband, it's like, well, that just figures, you know, that's just what it's like working in TV. And he said, my husband is very practical. He said, so write the book. 
And I'm like, what book? And he goes, the book, write the book so you don't have to share the, the money with them. And so I sat down and I did it and I realized this is what I should have been writing all along. Wow. Yeah, so I need to get writing. I'm so that's wow. That's inspiring. That that is. I mean, but the fact that they made you jump through all those hoops and then they wouldn't move forward—that's just. It's like a kick well, in the. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, she then took it and she took her life right. and, and just yeah. charged through no. and said, "You know what? You don't want me? Fine, I'll take care of this myself." No, that is a cool. Part. And that's awesome, Cheryl. That's that's, that's oh, that's inspiration. Give props to your husband for saying, "Write the book." <laughs> I give props to him every day, and I'm Good. here. You know, it's like it's like it's like it's a book now. Yeah. So, you know, and it's really interesting taking a look at uh, at your website here. I'm just reading through your about section. We see you've said you've written in just about every medium you can imagine. So even beyond TV scripts, series concepts, comic books, children's books, business plans, magazine articles, restaurant reviews, ghost writers. Uh, been a ghost writer. What is the thing that you've always wanted to break into? I'm sorry, repeat that question? Is there a particular form of writing that you've just always wanted to do or that you look forward to doing at some point in the future? I mean, it's clear that, you've had, that you have you a huge quite a bit. resume yeah. behind you. Uh, you know, this, I, I, this is it. This is the pinnacle. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've written screenplays and I never sold a screenplay. I've had them optioned but not sold. Um, so... But I don't know, you know. I'm I've left I've left the Hollywood area now, and uh, and and I'm happy doing this. So this is perfect. Nice. I, I remember I, I met um, I, I worked on a project with uh, it was produced by Shelley Duvall, and it actually won a Cable Ace Award, and it was it brought to life these children's books, these little picture books, and um, so we met with the authors whenever possible to, um, you know, just sort of get their feelings before we would then turn this into like a, a teleplay, an animated teleplay. And I remember this one woman came in and she had, she just, she just had this, she had this almost like Ingrid Bergman, like attitude. And she was wearing this hat, you know, and all of that. And I, I remember when she left, I was thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be this kooky author and wear funny hats and go take meetings with people that want to do my stuff. So nice. Now the book is already out. It came out on February seventh. That's right. And it's a you can get an ebook. We already talked about the audio book and the normal book. So uh, that's pretty cool. That it's come out on all three mediums. Yes. Now, is there anywhere that our listeners can find you? You know, your website. Are you on social media? Is there any book signings or conventions you're going to anytime soon? Um. I'm scheduled for the library con conference in um, in Texas in April, but I think that's sort of like a professional for librarians. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not scheduled for anything else yet, but that they're working on it. Okay. Um, social media, most of my social media is under Scarbo underscore author. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. And... and if not, just go to our webpage, CherylScarsborough.com, and all those links are up on the top, which right. makes it super easy. Um, wow. This is just sounds like a fun, fun book. And for those that love, like, CSI stuff and forensics and even... And, 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 Ver and Veronica Mars-type stuff, because it's... Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Your, your audience may not be very girly, but it is a little bit girly. No, that's okay. We, we've got girls that listen to the show. Uh, that's perfect. I, I love that you bring that up because that's, you know, that's a great example of what this really is, like Veronica Mars. So uh, if you love that, check out, you know, go get this book. It's, uh, and I love the cover. The cover is just, it, it draws me in. I want to know what this girl is running from, why she's looking back. A picture. I know the cover. The cover is the cover is amazing, and I love mm. the cover too. And it is kind of terrifying. And we actually, once we got that cover, um, between my editor and I, we actually went in and and made it more terrifying <laughs> to match the cover. Sweet. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what's inside. For yes. Sure. Well, you know, thank you for your time. You know, we we appreciate you coming on and talking about your book. Uh, you know. Definitely, listeners, go pick this up. This is going to be a great read uh, for you. You can get it anywhere. Um, you know, there's Goodreads, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's on Amazon. Scott already has it pulled up and ready to buy it. It's so, in my car. Yeah. Just got to decide what yeah. medium. Yeah. And if you do, if you do read it, I would love, um, I would love Amazon reviews. Yes. They really do. Help, they really do help a debut novelist. They so. do. So, again, thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Yes. Wow. No, no, not not, not goodbye. I mean, like, go buy the book. Bye, bye, bye. (laughs) To our audience. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, You had me confused there for a second. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying I want to buy it. That's what I'm saying. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, no. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, everyone, uh, our listeners, we're out of here. All right, thank you. It's thank game you. Man.